to help support this podcast and get exclusive bonus content and rewards, make a monthly pledge at patreon.com slash universe box. And, and remember, remember to, to think, think outside. outside. Arrow exists in a world of science fiction and fantasy. But for one in 50 Americans, paralysis is a very real issue. The Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation is working hard to fund innovative research and improve the quality of life for those living with paralysis. Christopher Reeve dreamed of a world of empty wheelchairs. Together, we can make that happen. Find out how at ChristopherReeve.org. The people of Gotham can eat my socks. Welcome to Legends of Gotham, where we talk about Fox's hit series Gotham, set in the world of Batman. I'm Bill Meeks. And, I'm and we are here on a very special, auspicious occasion. Special. Very excited. Uh, we are here. Amory, why don't you tell people what we're here about? Um, you might remember last year we uh, also did a fundraiser with the DCTV podcasts for breast cancer research because one of our um, fellow podcasters is a breast cancer survivor. This year, we've decided to go a different direction, and we are working with the Christopher Reeve Foundation, which um, works with, oh, how is it? It's um, paralysis Mm -hmm. and helping research to help. um, Yeah, if you're not familiar, uh, which you probably should be, Christopher Reeve, uh, the actor who played Superman in the original Superman movies, and he had had an accident uh, back in the 90s. And I paralyzed him, uh, but you know he he lived with it, and he he tried to Do turn better. his pain into help for a lot of people with the same condition. Yes, which is very admirable. Absolutely. So we're teaming up with all the rest of our podcast friends and trying to raise some money for charity. And so far, we've already blown away our goal. <laughs> we have blown definitely. it. We hit the goal at like three o'clock this afternoon. So so it's officially been passed. It was it was officially passed hours ago. This is just gravy. Nice. Very nice. So go donate. <laughs> Even five bucks where, works. Where can people donate? You can. Oh, hold on. You have. <laughs> I can't read it. Uh, well, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see it in our lower third. Otherwise, yes. you can go to dctvpodcast.com slash fundraiser. Yes, that. And it has links to everything. Yes. Uh, so, so you know, get all of your information there. It'll be good. It'll be good. It'll Love be good. Stuff. Yeah, uh, we do apologize if we are a bit combobulated this evening because uh, we just got moved and everything. So we Today. don't even have... Today. We don't even have a podcast studio technically set up. Right now, we're on the couch. You can this see, is our kitchen that's full of boxes. Yeah, behind us dust. is the kitchen, and you can see my mixing board box, box back there. But we made it. We're here, and we're here not only to raise money for a great cause, uh, the, the Dana and Christopher Reeve Foundation. Christopher and Dana Reeve, whatever. Christopher, yeah. Uh, yeah, he comes <laughs> But uh, we're also here to break down. Break it down. The top 10 Gotham moments of season two. I'm so excited. It was such a good season, right? It was amazing. It was hard to pick. Fantastical season. Fantastical even. Wrathy of villainsy kind of season even. It's maniacal. It was. A hashtag maniacal. Hashtag maniacal. Gotta have that hashtag. Hashtag man- manialax. No, that doesn't even. What? Is that even English? <laughs> it might be. It might be. I, I don't know English, Anne Marie. All oh, I know okay. is Gotham. 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 Okay, so we are here, like we said. To talk uh, Gotham's top ten yes. moments of season two, yes. and I'm going to start off my. Uh, we're we're going to go back and forth. We're going to do a little back and forth action. And, yeah. and uh, my first 
top moment is Bruce's confrontation with Matches Malone. Uh, I forget what episode it was. It might be from when the Matches, same one. It was. Yeah. I didn't write down the numbers. It, it, it was. It, it was. was a, it was a bit ago. But he he ago. he runs into the guy who he's pretty sure killed his his parents, yep. and he's pull, holding a gun on him. And they have this whole big philosophical conversation, and eventually Bruce decides not to do it and walks out of the room. Matt just blows his own brains okay, out. Okay, he shouldn't have left the gun. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he should, but he shouldn't. Have. I don't know. But I don't know. It's a fuzzy area. I, I, I really love this scene because, it, it, for, for one, I think it was David uh, who plays Bruce on uh, Gotham. I think oh, it was probably his best scene of the entire season. It was amazing. It, yeah, definitely. It's just like very, very nuanced. And he, he played really well off that actor who I know from Breaking Bad. He was he was one of the, the Nazi guys from Breaking Bad. And I know from Gotham as Matches yeah. Malone. <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, you know, he, he just did a really good job playing off that very experienced actor. Uh, and, uh, you know, just a very powerful scene. And a lot of people, I think, were hating on that scene. I thought it was amazing. When it, when it first came out because they were like, you can't reveal who killed his parents. That takes the whole thing away. Guys, uh, for like 40 or 50 years, it was Joe Chill who did it. And okay. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, there is precedence to to name the person. And I, I, I really like that. They called him Matches Malone because, as comic fans will know, uh, you know Bruce eventually when he has to go underworld or underground in the underworld, uh, he uses the name Matches Malone. Oh, I have some tape on my, tape my head. On his head but uh, he uses, and I'm going to leave it there. Uh, but he uses the name Matches Malone's as his pseudonym. Right. You know, he like he chews on a toothpick and he has a fake mustache and. Uh, <laughs> And, uh, you know, he, he goes out as Matches Malone. I, but, Amory, what did you think of this scene overall? And what did you think of the whole concept of him almost killing his parents' killer? Um, I, I mean, it was a very, very strong scene. I just, episode after episode, I am fascinated by David. I think he mm-hmm. is, ab- what do you um, <laughs> he's absolutely amazing for being, like, 15 mm-hmm. years old. One of the best actors that I've ever seen. And he keeps getting better. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that when they first started Gotham, he wasn't supposed to be like the main dude. Yeah. He's definitely morphed into being that and amazing. Mm-hmm. He just keeps impressing over and over and over. Um, so, <laughs> um, yeah, I, th- I thought it was a really good scene and it's neat because I don't know much about it. You know, all I know about Batman, I learned in Gotham. Mm-hmm. So I'm just you know winging it. So you're not necessarily jaded because something's not like canon. It's you're not like, canon. You're I don't know if it's open canon. To, it. to me, all I know mm-hmm. is, um, well, I know all my jokers. That's like all I've ever known is <laughs> Look jokers. Look at this joker. Look at this joker. Uh, Look, oh, no, I was just going to say, I, I think that the main thing for me about the scene, though, is that Bruce finally uh, walks away understanding that you can't defeat evil by striking villains down. Uh, you ha- You can only defeat them by attacking the darkness within them. Uh, you, you know, so I, I, I thought, you know, it, it was a, it was a fundamental Bruce Wayne moment. And there were a lot of them this season for yeah. sure. I, I mean, the cave and, and oh, the cave, uh, building, jumping, uh, so many great Gotham moments. Anne-Marie, what was your first Gotham moment? Top 10 Gotham moment. This one is going to make our good buddy, Rebecca Johnson, happy. We get a little look at this Joker and we get a little stabby babby. <laughs> um, stabby babs. Stabby babsy. Everything. 
everything, everything about the magician performance scene in Last Laugh. Mm-hmm. Everything about it from top to bottom was fantastic. But all the heroes, all the villains, everybody's coming together in Big Mayhem. It was episode three. Mm-hmm. Like we had 19 more of these to go and we already hit such an amazing stuff. Yeah. The little wink with Babs and mm-hmm. um, Thompson, Leslie, Lee, yeah, all Lee. of her names um, for bringing her up on the set and spinning her on the wheel. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Jerome having knife, gun, knife. I don't know. Whatever. He tried to kill Bruce, but because everybody tries to kill Bruce. Like, it's just, it was so amazing. And then to see Galavan, uh, Galavan then, just like, come in to save the day when you're like, wait, no, Mm -hmm. no, you're the bad guy. It It was a range of emotion and it was awesome. My favorite thing about that magic show was the betrayal. Uh, of Galavan, because I mean, at that point, they had uh, been doing a lot of the hashtag maniac stuff, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. Uh, but you know, they've hashtag. been building this up and building Jerome up and up and up and up. And we were like, oh my goodness, they, he's gonna be there all he's season, he's gonna go full Joker, you know, and, no. and and it's great. And then you just he gets his throat slit and you know, just kind of terminate the, the whole concept is terminated, right? Uh, right there, obviously, you know, tanks and stuff, there's probably gonna be a return. Oh, which by the way. Uh, Cameron, I, I believe is the actor's yes, name, who played Jerome. Uh, yeah. He got nominated for an award. For, uh, was it People's Choice? I think it was Choice Teen Choice Awards. Still, that's pretty it's still good. still an award. Definitely. It's still an award. Is there anything fun from the chat room? Um, There is. Our good old Rebecca said, Alfred and Leslie flirting, which was fantastic. <laughs> yes, that was. I was all and, about. And then Jim shutting Butler Alfred Doctor. down. I don't know what we're calling it. Dr. Butler. Uh, uh, Alfred and Leslie. They were just so amazing. Penleyworth. 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 Update. Update. <laughs> we have now raised $1,272 for the great. Christopher and Dana Reeves Foundation. Thank you. Thank Definitely. you to everybody out there who's donated, whether you listen to our show or not, you will listen to it <laughs> later. It's just so amazing to be able to be a part of something to help mm-hmm. other people. Um, I don't know if you've gone out and listened to any of the, watched any of the YouTube videos, read anything from their website. It is amazing the work that they're doing to help improve the quality of life. Mm-hmm. And even heal some people who've had these serious spinal cord injuries. It's oh, definitely. Yeah, uh, you, you know what? Maybe maybe now would be a good time to run over to their YouTube real quick. Absolutely. And, uh, here, I'll hold on. It's over here. We're okay. learning. We're yeah, I, I I I chose tonight to go ahead and learn a, a new software. <laughs> so you know why not? We're gonna try new things. We are. Oh, wait, hold on. Moved in for about four hours. <laughs> no, but, but okay. I, I don't no, think I'm going to be able to do it. Right. Oh, wait. No, I found it. I found it. I found, found it. it. I found it. Yeah, Yay! we're going to watch a video uh, from over here. Video. Be here. Watching me. <laughs> I never get this part. Anything fun from the chat room? I get this chat room? No, they're just harding things. <laughs> I was standing my driveway. I was just even a gym. I was out practicing. August 26, 2010. It was probably between 35 and 40 miles per hour. I was retrieving a workout bag out of the back of my car. I got ejected from a vehicle. I flew 98 feet, I believe. Uh, motor locked up on my bike. Yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, you know what I did realize, though? I don't think we're going to be able to send this video or the, the audio back over to... Uh to Andy and all oh, that, so to the mixler. Sorry, guys. So, but yeah, it, it, go over and check out their YouTube. There's a ton of videos. Yes, definitely. And it gives you just a little bit more background on what. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, sorry, one second, guys. One second. Apologies. We're normally a bit more put together here. I know we're a mess. Today. Sorry. It happens. Um, but yeah, okay. I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, at least the audio is streaming out to YouTube. Yeah, but Nora fries. I I love. 
because you know if you if you watch Batman the animated series, uh, you you know the classic uh, Mister Freeze uh, origin that Batman the animated series created, which kind of based itself around the fact that um, you know Mister Freeze was a sympathetic character because they'd frozen uh, Nora, right? And uh, it, you you know that uh, it, he was sympathetic because everything he was doing was trying to find a cure for his wife, and they kind of set it up that way, right? In Gotham this season too, to where he was just like he was doing all this really. Bad stuff to do something really good. Yeah, to do something really good. And I thought it was a great twist that Nora herself, the person that's supposed to give this character sympathy, takes it upon herself to terminate the reason he has to do all this stuff. So hopefully... He can he, turn his life around. Yeah, he can turn his life around and stop doing all this awful stuff because she's kind of doomed anyway. Yeah. And it's very tragic and sad and... It, it, one of my favorite Gotham moments, but you're not too familiar with the original. I'm uh, not. Concept. I'm not. I've become way more over you know, the time. Mm-hmm. So that's I don't. Know, it's, I really enjoyed that character. It's weird to say that you enjoyed watching somebody like kill themselves because <laughs> mm-hmm. that's not so awesome. But the way that it was actually done with compassion and it was done to save him, and it just it didn't work. It. I mean, he. It wasn't his choice to come back either, though. Yeah. So he got his choices taken. He got, all of his choices were just like taken away from him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that problem. Yeah, yeah, really good stuff, though. And I think the Mr. Freeze arc was really good in general. Um, oh, it, I thought it was awesome. And, it, I mean, really, it's still going. Yeah, because, I mean, he hasn't died or anything. He has not re-died. And I really liked Emo Freeze that came out after oh, the fact, Oh, Emo awesome suit. I love the suit. <laughs> okay, so what's your next Gotham moment? My next Gotham moment, I, it was the majority of an episode, but if you put it all together, it's sort of a moment. It was during Mad Gray Dawn when we saw Jim and Harvey putting together the first real riddle mm. from Nigma, And I thought about But he kind of likes that. He does like that. He likes to be known but not known. He'd be mm. in the middle of everything but on the outside. It's really weird. But I loved what Jim and Harvey like trying to put it together. Mm. Rather smart putting all those together, though. Yeah, and I, I really think, uh, you know, because we saw several iterations of Ed the Riddler yes. uh, in th- this season, but I, th- I thought it was the first episode where he really felt completely actualized as a, mm-hmm. as a person, as a villain. Right. I, you know, he, he finally felt, he felt like the character I know and love, not somebody who was working towards that, but somebody who had become that. Right. And I, I was honestly... At the beginning, I was a little concerned at first that uh, Ed Ed's uh, kind of psychotic tendencies or whatever, or, you know, really enjoying all the gore and stuff of his job yes. and everything. Like, I was a little worried. I was like, this doesn't really feel too much like the Riddler. Uh, but, you know, it, it really he really came into his own. And I've also and I highly recommend you go watch uh, the Facebook live that Corey Michael Smith did. <laughs> I, I back towards I love that we're recommending a Facebook live, but back towards the end of season two, where he talks a bit about how he came up with the Joker, his influences from the comics, and he brought up a couple stories that I went and read, mm-hmm. and yeah, very dark, very twisted kind of Riddler, and you can definitely see that influence right. come out in his character, especially in episodes like Mad Great Dawn. Right. It's amazing to me, uh, just the like I know I've already harped on how amazing it was. But all of these actors, the difference, like, they're true actors because they're playing such a different person. Mm-hmm. Because you see um, Corey Michael Smith, like, in reality, mm-hmm. in, like, like that Facebook Live, in Instagram videos, all of you lucky people who've met him at conventions. <laughs> 
and he doesn't have any bit of like the pr- presenting himself. Dan's different. He, his inflections are different. Sure, there's no glasses, but we won't get into the whole glasses, no glasses <laughs> being a different person thing. <laughs> Still drives me nuts. But um, it's just, it's so amazing to see the transformation that an actor can take mm-hmm. to becoming this character and making it so believable. Yeah. Like you expect to like walk up and meet like, like <laughs> and try and pull one over on you. Mm-hmm. You know, very good stuff. And again, you gotta, you gotta give a lot of respect to the costuming in that episode. Oh my gosh. It was amazing. There was so many different like mm-hmm. suits and I believe there was a green one. Yeah. <laughs> so. Really okay, so, uh, you know, we're about halfway through our top 10 Gotham moments right now. And, uh, you know, I think technical snafus, we don't have video anymore, unfortunately. I know, but, so sad. Uh, for the YouTubers, but uh, they should be ha- getting audio again. But, uh, well, Emery, why don't you go ahead and remind them again what we're here for tonight. Absolutely. Uh, we, we, obviously, we're here to break down the top 10 Gotham we're moments. We're here to break it two. down, but we are. we are also here to help raise money for the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation to help um, spinal cord injuries. You can donate over at dcpodcast.com slash fundraiser. It'll have you the link right there. Last update, we were at 1282 So we are almost $300 over our original goal. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. We've had 46 almost, donors. Yeah, almost 50 donations. That's Pretty amazing, phenomenal. guys, because we really, like... We've just been plowing through this and we just, (laughs) I'm so impressed and I'm so heartened because there are a ton of people who've donated 50 plus dollars to this fundraiser. And, you know, hear a lot about some of the bigger organizations and all of their fundraisers. This is one you don't hear about very often. And, Mm -hmm. you know, as, you know, comic-y people, this is something that should be a little bit more near to us just because of christopher yeah and i i I think i mentioned this uh when we announced that uh when this was happening and everything just uh you know christopher reeve really he he was you know he played superman yeah but he really in a sense that you know superman his major trait is that he faces these obstacles Mm -hmm. and he attempts to overcome them and attempts to do good or take bad and turn it into good. And that's what Christopher did, uh, you know, after he had his accident back in the the early nineties, I still remember. I remember when it happened and I wasn't even at all like, yeah, it happened about 30 miles away from my grandparents' place. I believe. Yeah. Uh, So I I remember my grandma calling me up and being in letting me know and everything. And it was just, you know, heartbreaking because it, I, I think I even back then, you know, every once in a while, someone would mention, you know, maybe he'll do one more Superman or something. And then like just to hear that and you're like, man, how, how how's he going to handle that? And he, he just went and he turned it around and he, he did. He, his he legacy did so is still living I, on. He actually you know? um, I've done I did a little bit of research about him uh, the past week or so or a couple of other blog posts that I was doing. And he was always a giver. Mm-hmm. He were he was a humanitarian. He worked with Amnesty International, MS, Alzheimer's. He worked with tons of organizations, won all sorts of humanitarian awards throughout the world mm-hmm. before this happened. And then uh, him and his wife got together with, oh, I can't remember the exact name, the foundation before it converted into the Christopher Reeve and later the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation. It's just amazing how much this family put their life into it mm-hmm. to making something good come out of something not so good. <laughs> yeah, but, but if, uh, a great, great cause. You know, and I believe even after this fundraiser is over, you can still you go can in still and donate. still donating, absolutely. Uh, DCTVpodcast.com slash fundraiser. fundraiser. And uh, we definitely appreciate it. Any, any uh, yeah. 
scratch you could throw over to that great, great cause. Oh, also, trivia. Uh-oh. Um, Uh-oh. Bill Mays patent trivia. Trivia. Uh, you know who uh, one of Christopher uh, Reeve's uh, good friends from college was? Who? From Juilliard. Who? Robin Williams. <gasps> In fact, there there's uh, probably not decent for this podcast, but there's a very <laughs> funny story about Robin coming to visit Christopher in the hospital oh, at, right after right his accident and everything. So, I'm sure knowing enough about Robin that it mm-hmm. is not appropriate for this yeah. podcast. But yeah. anyway. Uh, anything from the chat before we get back into our top five, 10 Gotham moments of season two? No, just everybody needs to go spread Mixler.com slash DCTV podcasts and bring everybody together as we're going to have the huge assembly show here starting in like 20, 25 minutes with almost all of the other podcasters who've been participating definitely. in the marathon today. Yeah, and definitely, uh, and maybe maybe we don't push this as much as we should, but, uh, you know, always uh, dctvpodcast.com, it's, there's a podcast for every DC show out there. Absolutely. And it, we, we're all a big family, and uh, so if you like Legends of Gotham and you watch the other DC shows, you get into this. These are, these are tailor-made, in-the-family podcasts uh, that you can go and check out, so definitely check that out, dctvpodcast.com. Okay. The top, the the number six top ten Gotham TV moment season to be a. (laughs) It's actually number five. Ed Killing Kringle. (laughs) Yeah, I I I I love this. the The thing I love about this is that you know Ed had won the day. He got the girl. Mm -hmm. He killed the jerk. Mm -hmm. His life was going great, and he he was just on such a big streak of wins. That he thought, okay, well, I can just tell her, tell her. what I did. Who to, thinks uh, you can Doherty. tell anybody? Hey, so your ex-boyfriend or your boyfriend that you thought just like ran away? I killed him. What? And That's naturally, not romantic. Naturally, she freaks out. Um, but, uh, you know, in, in the, this is something he kind of talked about in the, uh, the Facebook Live uh, Q&A, too. I, it was just like... He saw it as Ed just trying to make her understand that why he did it. And, uh, you know, in that effort to try to make her understand, he, you know, brought an end to our Christmas wish, which, which was to have Christian Kringle oh, and Ed running around so wanted a Christmas episode. in a Christmas episode. That would have been great. That would have been, I don't know. I don't really as much as I would love to. Uh, um, I don't even know what I was going to say. It's gone now. Um, <laughs> oh, no. I, so- I don't know what it was. <laughs> More thoughts about Kringle's death. Kringle, Kringle, Kringle. Oh, this isn't really a show that does, like, holiday-themed episodes. Like, this isn't something that you expect the Christmas episode, the back-to-school, the Thanksgiving. Like, that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. But it would have been so good. Because, really, the second they introduced Kristen Kringle, we're like, Christmas! Christmas! <laughs> she's going to be a bad guy and she's going to do things at Christmas! Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, I mean, the, the Kringle name, I mean, yeah, you'd expect that. A little bit, a little bit. But uh, yeah, yeah. So that's a uh, t- anything else I want to say about this. Um, <laughs> well, really, just the the aftermath of it, him burying the body, and it, how that, that was... all played out too. I I thought that was really nice the way they kept it kept amping up. Yeah, in, until it eventually he got caught at, at that spot where right. he buried the body, and that's he how got he caught at that spot. That's how he got hooked up with Penguin. Even though you'd think it would be from the GCPD connection, he just stumbles across Penguin out in the woods. Right. I, so many great things came from that. And and it happened a lot sooner than I thought it was going to, too. Oh, it happened way sooner than I was expecting. Like, I, I didn't expect things to go south with them for until maybe Next well season. into season 2B, or if not season 3. Yeah, so. I thought she was I thought she was going to be around a while. So, bye next one. GCPD, one, two, three, <laughs> yeah! Oh, see, I have no video now, and I'm, like, flaming around. No, Jerry. Everything about Jerry from this ball of mud and meanness was amazing. 
I love how she truce like she'd been expecting him, but then that it just like snowballed. Mm-hmm. Like neither of them were giving the other one the answers to the questions that they were expecting. Yeah. And they didn't know how to take it and had to like take a minute, rework and be like, all right, fine, this. And like moving right along. And she throws matches under the bus to him. She's <laughs> like, here's the dude. Here's where you find him. Bye. Mm-hmm. And then she distracts um, Gordon long enough so that he can. Yeah, that was it was just that actress. But yeah, she also again, played Tank Girl. Uh, she also was. A, yeah. Thank you very much. Because <laughs> oh, that's where I know her from. But it's just I, I keep harping on the acting, but it's so quality. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like anything like you get this character. She's on for one episode. Leaves a big impression. And she leaves a big impression. Yes, it had a lot to do with the makeup, the costuming, the entire scene dedicated mm-hmm. to Jerome. <laughs> Yes. And it, that's all the more like bringing back the fact that I that they have to bring him back. That shows more and more. It amps up the, the hype mm-hmm. around wanting Jerome back. Just triple what little flashes of a red haired mannequin in a tube are doing. You know what I, I, I would love to see what? if uh, Jerry was to return as well as Jerome <gasps> would be a scene where they they interact. Jerry, you know, kind of she's like, I, I worship you or whatever. And he just like. Isis her. Oh, he like, totally would. Yeah, that seemed definitely. He'd be seemed, like, what? Yeah. Or he Done. he uses her somehow to, right. uh, to I don't know, maybe he, he's like, oh, go take this to the GCPD or something, and it's a bomb. You know, so something fun yeah. like that. And I really love that, and especially the whole club aspect of it, because it felt like it felt felt very much like an alternative '90s comic book. It felt like something Grant Morrison would have written, or right. something like uh, Warren Ellis uh, would have written, just like this very kind of dark punk rock and media all behind her, you know, about Jerome and the social media post and all this. Everything and it, it felt it felt very very alterna alternative nineties uh, comic book and very at the same time very kind of modern too and yeah. it, it, which you don't always get with Gotham but in I mean I'm just a sucker for you know a scene set in a punk rock club in so general good. definitely oh okay so what you got there man what do I have okay I and this is from the season finale so it's pretty recent so it, it's right at the top of the mind you know actually is there anything fun in the chat room. Um, Mark says he really doesn't rate Gotham at all. Nothing to do with the show, actors, or writing, but it's DC Comics in title and branding only. Mm. I'd like to respond because all I know. <laughs> oh, yeah, I would, I would say that, you know, Gotham feels like several DC Comics iterations of Batman kind of, kind of mashed up into one for me. I, you know, in the, as, as someone who's read a lot of different versions of the comic books, they, they pull from so many inspirations and i think i think they nail them a lot more than they don't Uh, he does say that it's not a negative the show is good also mm -hmm. update we've made one thousand three hundred and three dollars very nice very nice i may maybe people felt bad because we crashed on youtube first maybe they were like (laughs) i'll throw some money at them these people okay but my uh next uh, top 10, top 10 Gotham moment of season two, 2016, is uh, from the season finale. I, and it involves a new character we met in season 2B, Hugo Strange. I, the scene in the finale where Hugo Strange becomes God. And, yes. uh, you know, he, he's, he's drugged Jim and he's kind of picking his psyche apart right. to one, just for funsies. And two, so he can find out if Jim knows anything about the Court of Owls before he offs him. And I just, the way it was shot, the effects that were on it, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, you are free. You are free. <laughs> uh, he absolved him of his yeah, uh, I, 
I absolve you of your guilt. Yeah, I think it was guilt. Absolve you. And uh, it just it it was just so well acted by B D Wong. And oh, B D Wong was amazing. I was so looking forward to having him because I mm-hmm. like to be an addict for um, <laughs> Law & Order SVU. And I'm excited for him to come back on Mr. Robot here very shortly. He, he plays a very... Uh, the I don't character, know what a Mr. Robot is. It's a show in USA uh, about a hacker uh, um, who, who kind of uh, brings society down. And B.D. Wong plays, uh, I think the character's name was White Rabbit, whose very m- portrayal is very much like Hugh, the, his portrayal of Hugo Strange is. Mm-hmm. Uh, or Strange is. Uh, but yeah, I, I just absolutely love it. Uh, he, he, uh, you know, first of all, it's a mad scientist it's a, playing it a God. Very mad scientist too. Like, yeah. At first, it didn't look like it was going to go quite that that far, mm-hmm. and then it just like went like three layers higher than you were expecting. Yeah, he's literally playing God. He's literally playing God. He's absolving people of all of their guilt. Well, back from the dead, he's giving them magical powers. <laughs> But I and I also really appreciated that it it gave us a harder look into Jim's psyche than we've really ever seen before. We've got little drips and drabbles and bits and bobbles of his backstory and you know the thing with his father and everything. But I I think this is the deepest look we've gotten to Jim's background ever. Yeah, we definitely it was nice to see that little glimpse. Mm-hmm. And it was also I I thought it was nice that you know while Hugo was intending to kill him and everything that absolution or absolving of his guilt that he did, I think had an effect on Jim because yeah. I mean, we've seen Jim going darker and darker and darker over the course of season two. And, uh, you know, right at the end there, he's like action Jackson again, and he's yeah, ready to he's go. Back, he's back where he should be. He's ready to get his, his life back. He got his order. groove back. Yeah. If you will. Jim well, Gordon got we, his groove back. No, Jim Gordon's going to get his groove back. Yeah. He literally stole a car to get his groove back. <laughs> So that's that. I can't wait to see where that goes. That's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, but it, I really love. It. And you know, while we're talking about Hugo Strange, what what, what did you think about? Uh, any other thoughts about Hugo Strange in season two, particularly in the finale? Because I mean, that was really, I think, his strongest episode. I think he did not realize what an ally he had in Miss Peabody. I don't think he valued Peabody as much as he could have been a bigger ally than she was. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe at points he should have listened to her and pulled <laughs> back a little and he wasn't pulling and pushing where he should mm-hmm. he just kept, he saw, you know, tunnel vision. He saw one thing and he was going for it, even if it was against what his actual thing was. So I think he valued Peabody a little. I really appreciated how, uh, you know, he, they seemed really tight and everything, but the second things weren't going Hugo's way, he he was willing to just like knock her out and leave her for dead or whatever because the plan was falling apart, which which I thought was a lot of fun. I let's see here. I, anything else from the chat room? Memory? Um, let's see. Rebecca is over Gorkins and wanted to see the Alfred and Leslie <laughs> thing explored. Yes, and I'm pretty sure it was me and her who started hashtag Gorkins, mm-hmm. and now we're like, no, no, bring back Alfred. <laughs> um. Mark says Hugo Strange was nailed. Very nice. Go. He just he said, uh, great up leave Gotham to go hook up with Gideon. I'm not sure. Okay. Um but but uh <laughs> oh no, I think Gideon's from Mr. Robot. Oh uh, yeah, okay. So. okay, much better. I, I always have trouble with character names if they're not set in the DC universe. <laughs> uh, so nice. No, but actually, you know, as far as a potential love interest for Jim in season three, uh, we won't get into it here. Babby, 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 Babby. 
We don't, we, you know, our usual uh, lackadaisical spoiler policy probably isn't in effect during the fundraiser episode. Right. But there is a new female character coming to Gotham who's going to be in her mid 20s, the character in her her mid 20s. From the Batman mythos, did I think you know her and Jim could, might 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 hit it off? They might hit it I off. Might hit it off, then. Hey? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's just. I'm gonna move right along to my next. Okay. Okay. Ready for this? Yes. From a Legion of Horribles. I'm Fish Mooney, bitch. Go. Fish Mooney, bitch. Fish Mooney, bitch. Uh, the, oh, the new character, Fish Mooney. Yeah, bitch. that new character, Fish Mooney. <laughs> Two colored eyes. Bitch. Bitch. Yeah, Fish Mooney. Fish bitch. Mooney, bitch. <laughs> Because I just have to keep saying, bitch. A very strong, <laughs> strong moment, though. <laughs> it was amazing. We knew she was coming back basically from the end of season one when they killed her off. Mm-hmm. And it's just fantastic. <laughs> and Rebecca said, Legends of Gotham should just be Anne Marie doing voice. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my college experience. No, it, no way. I, I, was re- I was really glad to see Fish Mooney Bitch come back into the fold. <laughs> I, I can't wait to see what's next. I, I, I'm glad they left her as a chess piece on the board. Because like, she's not going to come right back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at first I was a little disappointed because I was like... You know, I figured the uh, episode 21, we were going to get reintroduced to her. Mm -hmm. She was going to go off on her own. And then episode 22, we're going to get the big throwdown confrontation between her and Penguin. Right. And, uh, you know, at this point, she's really the only one we've seen who could put a chill down Penguin's spine. And obviously did. Yeah. So I'm interested to see how all these characters, I'm glad they didn't waste it, like do it all in one episode because it's going to be interesting to see how Penguin reacts to her, how Butch reacts to her after they get over the initial shock of her being alive, of course. Right. Uh, How, you know, Jim, if Falcone comes back for for a guest spot or something, you know. Uh, I need more Falcone. That was not enough for me. Definitely. Anything else from the chat room here? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. uh, So uh, my last guest, Top 10 Gotham moment of season two is hashtag maniacs. Hashtag maniacs. Or as our doc says, at maniacs. I, I put that <laughs> instead of, I, I was in a rush. I was in a I rush. I know you were in a rush. I'm I filled out this though. doc two seconds before we started, basically. I'm just teasing. No, but I really loved uh, sort, sort of like the opening salvo from Theo Gallivan yeah. in, in, the, in the hashtag maniacs. Um, you know, we had all sorts of crazy loony characters, you know, a the, cannibal. What was, what was the, oh, drank from the cup of somebody with the purple stuff. Yeah. I don't yeah. even remember it, but it was just glorious. And, and the cannibal gave us the, the line I love. Ha ha, Gotham. <laughs> perfectly yes. perfectly made for trailers yes. of course we got introduced to jerome and his smoking jacket oh so good and uh it, just so many interesting dynamics to play there that when they you know hijacked the bus full of cheerleaders oh, cheerleaders when they were throwing the bodies off the buildings yes. i i mean the entire hashtag maniacs arc yeah. was some of my favorite stuff Gotham has ever done. And by arc, you mean three episodes. Yeah. Which I guess would be. Yeah, that would be an arc, an arc, more or less. Yeah. More or less. Uh, Mark says that his moment of season given the hashtag Batman fanboy was the Joker really well portrayed. Definitely. I don't think we've begun to see what this Joker, but uh, look at the Joker. Gonna be. Yeah. I think it's going to be pretty phenomenal and pretty, uh, I don't know, also. Well, the thing I think is interesting is that, you know, obviously if he is back, which we did hear his laugh in the finale. Yes, we did. Uh, and we saw his smoking jacket. He, he's, he's going to have come back through the machinations of Hugo Strange. And yeah. where, where before, as Jerome, we saw this amalgam of uh, Mark Hamill's animated Joker, Jack Nicholson, little Cesar Romero, little, little Heath Ledger. 
I have a feeling they might let, uh, you know, Cameron sort of sort of go off and now do his, his version. Oh, see, that would make sense. Okay, because Jerome felt like an homage of all these different personalities. And I feel like even if it still has that element of homage to it, I feel like it's going to be a major evolution and he's going to really, really concentrate on making it his own. So we're really going to want to look at this Joker? Look at this Joker! Let's look at this Joker! Everybody look, look at, at this, this Joker! Joker. Hey. It's not like it's a Gotham unless you look at this Joker! Everybody look at this Joker now! Look at the Joker! He is a Joker? Holy cow! I know, but hashtag Maniacs was really good. <laughs> <laughs> Unrelated. Unrelated. Uh, Unrelated. Maybe the well, was amazing. I, I also like how, how all, of, all of them basically died by the end of it. Because it, it felt like it felt like that was going to be the rise of the villains that the title was yeah. referring to. And it was like, okay, yeah, they're rising. They're rising. Oh, wait. They're, they're, all, they're all dead. dead. And we have every last one of them. Sometimes twice. Twice. Twice as We nice. have no video. I keep forgetting we have no video and gesturing. I'm sorry. It crashed out a little bit. That's all right. It happened. Anything fun from the chat room? Um, let's. Mark says fake Joker and Harley was excellent. Yes, I did like the Jerome and Babs. Yeah. That yeah. was that was fun. Um, and then Mark says next season, Barbara, maybe yo yo hashtag flashpoint. I don't understand <laughs> much of what that said. So you don't know flashpoint. Everything I know about Batman, I learned from Gotham. Um, Emery is where Barry Allen went to the past to save his mom, and then it changed the future, and then he came back, and everything was changed, and it started the New 52, and then they re- undid it five years later uh, using DC <laughs> Rebirth because it didn't sell as well as the old universe, and, and, and it was a Flash story, and they probably should have just done it with a crisis instead, and it would have stuck. <laughs> <laughs> that was okay. beautiful. Thank you for the Cliff Notes version. No problem. I need that. <laughs> In case you don't regularly watch Legends of Gotham, this is how it works. Mm-hmm. I get confused and he explains it to me. Okay, Anne-Marie. Andy, let us know. Let me know that we have about five more minutes here. So, okay. The penultimate, not the penultimate, the ultimate. The ultimate. Go- Top 10 moment of Gotham season two. <laughs> what is it, Anne-Marie? Butch blowing up Azrael. With the rocket launcher. With the rocket launcher. The most Gotham-y Gotham moment to ever Gotham a Gotham. That was that was amazing. They will never ever top that. Yeah, I could watch little bits mm-hmm. of Azrael fall from the sky all day long. <laughs> with I still wake up giggling about it. You know what? It was really in the middle of the night because it was... after I've taken Ambien. <laughs> <laughs> um. Awesome. No. Um. No. It was just amazing, especially mm-hmm. because you had. Jim, Bruce, and Alfred cowering behind a car mm-hmm. because all they turn around and see is Butch and Penguin mm-hmm. rocking up in the this big, massive the rock big launch. rock rock and roll music track too. I love just the music. made it, Amazing. absolutely made it. So yep. I, okay, well I think that about does it for our. T- I I don't think we can say anything more about that no. unless we had a bazooka, but we don't. No. Uh, but uh, again, dctvpodcast.com slash fundraiser is where you can go to donate to the, what is it, Anne-Marie? Christopher and Dana Reeves Foundation. Thank you. Uh, great cause. I'm, Absolutely wonderful. I'm so glad we, we, we've been able to raise so much money for them. Let me double check I'm real so, quick. I was just about to refresh. Yeah, let me refresh Refresh, here. refresh. It's $1,303 from 46 people. You all kick the butt. Yeah, and we're going to be back here in just a couple minutes uh, with the the full DCTV podcast roundtable. And you can definitely go there and donate anytime after the fact, too. Absolutely. Now, uh, you know, if you want to check out more Legends of Gotham, uh, you can. 
uh, find our podcast on iTunes. Just search Legend, Legends of Gotham. Legends of Gotham. Or go to legendsofgotham.com. And, you know, if you want to send us some thoughts about, you know, what you want what, from season three, yes. what you liked about season two, because next week or within the next, in, in couple, the next couple weeks, we're going to be getting together with Gotham TV podcast from across the pond. Who we've totally made out with. They're totally our dudes. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> but we're going to be doing a big t- season two roundtable. Yeah, that. So if you, if you want to, you know, break down some of your top five Gotham moments of season two or something. I would love to hear that. Email us legendsofgotham at gmail.com. Tweet us at Legends of Gotham. Facebook is Facebook.com slash Legends of Gotham. And the voicemail number is 424-274-2352. I think that about does it, right? I think so. I don't think we have anything left to say. You know, Just they can the get the information music. at LegendsofGotham.com. That's true. It is up at LegendsofGotham.com. <laughs> We've got the info, too. It's we not do. just them. <laughs> DCTV Podcast Fundraiser. June 11th. 11th. Help us hit our goal. Donate now. It was a pretty normal day. Sunset, dusk. I was standing my driveway. I was just leaving the gym. I was out practicing. August 26, 2010. It was probably between 35 to 40 miles per hour. I was retrieving a workout bag out of the back of my car. I got ejected from a vehicle. I flew 98 feet, I believe. My motor locked up on my bike. Pretty much when I hit the ground, I knew instantly. I was struck by a hit-and-run driver. When I finally came to and spoke with the doctors, I was told that I was paralyzed from the neck down and would never feel or move anything from my chest down, including my arms. And that left me paralyzed from the chest down, and which is the T5 area. The doctors came in and they explained to me that I'd broke T5 and T6 in my back and that I had a complete injury. And that there was uh, basically that there was no hope for me to regain any mobility or movement. I was injured at a C6, C7 in my spinal cord. The realization of understanding that you're never going to move anything or feel anything again is, uh, it's like your world is ending. It gets really bad. And, you know, it's hard on me. It's hard on the people that's working on me, you know. Once it hits you, it hits you hard. That just wasn't how it was supposed to be. Epidural stimulator is placed on the top of the spinal cord in the back. It sends generalized electrical signals to the spinal cord. It reminds the spinal cord of its potential. Really what we call changes the central state of excitability or changes uh, the state of those networks. So now a tiny little signal that may be just remaining of intent can come down and generate a toe to move or generate the leg to move. They ask you to move your leg, move your toe, move your ankle. 
and all those times nothing ever happened. I had about 80-something sessions before I came here. I had seen no changes. Uh, it was a great opportunity, and I took my chances. Going into it, there was only one other guy, and our injuries were pretty different. I was the first person to receive the epidural stimulation project. After implant, we were doing the same test again, and, and they asked me, they're like, all right, Kent, now do left leg up. I could just feel like the charge of it go down my back to my leg muscles and feel them just pull it. And it was just, it was overwhelming. I first stood on day three of turning a stimulator on, and at that point, we weren't expecting that to happen for at least two years. What is going on down here is such an amazing experience. I have more confidence than I've ever had. I have more self-esteem than I've ever had. I've tried that motion so many times, and then that one time it did it, it just, it worked, and it was just, it was nuts. I've gotten back a very good sensation and feeling, bladder function, bowel function, uh, sexual function. With the stimulator on, and I'm, it feels like I'm, I'm, it makes me feel normal again. I can stand, and I can move both my legs, toes and ankles, and I'm working on doing sit-ups and back extensions. You go so long without being able to stand up by yourself, and you have the stimulator and you turn it on and you just stand up on your own and it's just like, I'm standing. It's really good. You know, something like this can change the world. We have the ability to change lives forever. How can we take this knowledge and actually make a difference. The goal is to take uh, this research and these accomplishments that we've had with four individuals and do it with 30 others. If we can get anywhere near the kind of response rates we have in these first four guys, um, we have really got something quite exciting here. So what we're doing is something that they've never even thought about before. And this is just the tip of the iceberg we're looking at right now. There is a tremendous potential for recovery based on knowledge that we really didn't have before. The risks of doing this are very low. The benefits you get is, is almost priceless to a patient. As an investor, you look at things like that and say, the odds are pretty good this is going to work, and I'm going to be part of that. We've discovered so much that's moved us forward, but we've only scratched the surface. We've opened up a whole new knowledge base of understanding that is going to lead us to even more discoveries. There are lots of different ways you define cure, but I mean, I think right now we are, we are on a very exciting quest to, to hopefully help a lot of people. I think the future is very exciting for people with spinal cord injuries. I'm honored to be a part of it. Greatest decisions I've made in my life. Being able to stand up, probably the greatest feeling for anybody that's been paralyzed. You really helped me feel like I'm back to my old self that I was before my injury. Epidural stimulation project is the definition of victory over paralysis. I'm ready to start leaping and skipping and jumping and bouncing. Mm -hmm.